Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking, wherever, whenever. And Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome, Kath, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> you and your husband have been together for how many years? Can you tell us how you met and the love story of you and your husband? Well, legend has it that we met in nappies. We don't remember that, but we met again when we were around 14 years old and were good friends. And then my husband moved interstate, but we connected again at around age 21. And we were only engaged for six weeks. Oh, wow. When we married. Yeah. And so we've been together for 36 years. When you reconnected when you were 21, was he already in defence or was he joining? Were you sort of coming together in a relationship and he was already in defence? No. So we married and so it was very much a decision that we made together. Actually, it's a bit of a funny story. His mum got really sick. They were living in Tasmania and we went to Tasmania to visit his mum and kind of bought a house by accident and stayed there. And she died very shortly after. And our first son was born in Tasmania before she died. So that was nice that she got to meet our first son. Steve had been working, but the employment had been really sketchy down there. And he came home one day and said, you know, what what would you think if I joined the Defence Force? And I had no experience with that at all. And so I went, what? You know, and we worked through that process together. So it was very much a decision that we made as a family, I suppose. Where did it take you from Tasmania? There's not very many jobs in Tasmania for defence. So where did you go from there? After the initial training, we were posted to Melbourne and then Canberra and then Adelaide and Malaysia and Darwin. And we've done back and forth between a few of those locations uh, over the year until we're finally in Canberra again. A few different experiences in, in lots of different parts of the world. How did you envision your work life and your career working alongside Defence? Did you have any thoughts on how that would work? That's such an interesting question because I don't think I had any expectations at the time we joined, I had a little fellow who was 12 months old, nearly 12 months old. And so I was very much in that mode of taking care of him and then just looking, you know, at our life with regard to family and raising a family. So it wasn't really until I was expecting our third that I looked again at, well, let's see, because we'd moved a number of, quite a few times in between that had another child in Canberra and then was expecting a third in Adelaide. And I looked then at what I could do for my own development, really. I've always been one who wanted to continue to to learn and grow and have experiences. And that's when I went back to music study then. So I'd had a break of about 10 years between dedicated music study and that time. And I went back to it then. Fast forward to 2012 and you had an idea and the Australian Military Wives Choir was born. Can you tell us how that came about and where the idea for that came from? 
wasn't my idea. And I know that sounds really strange. People go, what? (laughs) But it actually wasn't my idea. It was a friend who contacted me and she sent me an email and asked what I thought about starting a military wives choir. Now we'd been in Malaysia together and we'd done community events in Malaysia and really successful and enjoyed ourselves. So she knew, I guess, what my skills were and I knew what her skills were. And she sent me this email. And if I'm really honest, I had other plans at that time. I was planning to return to further study. And when she explained what she wanted to do, I said yes. And then when we realized that this was something that was really meeting a need amongst women like us, I set those plans aside (laughs) to continue with it. So it actually wasn't my idea, but together we formed the vision that, that is today what's still moving forward with the choir. So when your friend came to you with the idea and then you obviously came together and and made it what it was, what was the choir's purpose when it first started? Like what was the reasoning behind starting a choir and how that would help defence partners? Well, Sarah and I would get together frequently and we would talk about what we wanted women to experience, what we hoped we would feel. And so how can we create, and at this stage, realizing that we were just looking at a small group in Canberra, you know, Sarah had tried to join a choir when she was posted to Canberra. They had said you had to audition, you had to pay hefty fees, you had to commit to a rehearsal schedule that was often two or three times a week, or you had to bring a tenor with you, you know, like things like this that were just completely unrealistic for a woman connected to defense service who had a family. And she said, I just want to sing because it makes me feel good. And so we based the plan around that. It had to be choir with a reasonable commitment, you know, expectations for military wives. It had to be affordable for everybody on any pay scale or at any stage in their family or individual financial development. We made the rehearsals fortnightly because that was what I could manage. And we found that that was really doable for most other people. We took steps to remove any rank consciousness as much as possible. We didn't ask for an audition. We just wanted a place where, you know, a space where women who live the life we live to be able to leave cares behind for an hour and a half and sing their hearts out. And that that was the beginnings. Because obviously with your background in music, what does music do for people and what feelings does that evoke and what does that do for their mental health? Like, can you talk us through why music? There's why music and then there's why singing live together in a group because there's something different about having a live human voice beside you and around you that speaks to the heart of a person that no other form of musical reproduction can achieve. There's a physical response that comes from hearing that sound and having it go just right deep down into your your being. And that's a big part, I guess, of why our priorities are, first, we sing for our hearts, and second, we sing for our voices, so to improve our abilities to sing and our abilities to make um, an excellent sound when we sing, and then our last priority is singing for others. So our rehearsal is the most important part of what we do, because that's where we get women and girls together. That's where we feel that connection. That's a very physical connection and an emotional connection as a result of that physical response. It is good for your heart and your mind and also because we give people permission to leave all their cares outside the door everything stays out there what comes into that rehearsal space is just all about us what our contribution is to the life we lead we don't have to explain ourselves and so we choose songs that strengthen us we don't sing for example breakup songs no breakup songs (laughs) are allowed because you could have somebody with a partner deployed you know or just having a really hard week whatever it might be 
And so a lot of scientific studies have been done that talk about that connection and how working together and singing in harmony, it increases endorphins and other really, really positive hormones. And we always try to start rehearsal right on time because what women talk about with each other after singing for an hour and a half is very different to what they talk about when they first arrive at rehearsal. When they come and you get into the singing, like you mentioned, there might be people with partners away there, you know, there might be people waiting up for posting orders or whatever the case may be. And they don't necessarily want to talk. They just want to connect in that way. And then once the, the rehearsal's done, they're in that safe space and they can open up about what their week has been like, what their fortnight has been like and what they're facing, I guess, in everyday defence life. That's exactly it. And the other thing too is that we have something that we do a little bit differently to other military wives choirs around the world is that we have military wives that are leading the music so if you're singing a song and you see somebody get teary or emotional and that happens a lot the person standing up the front gets it they don't have to know why but they will just know okay yeah I get why that song might make you feel a little bit tender tonight you know and again you don't have to explain yourself you've got a group of women around you that love to sing so that's just number one you've got that bond and when you know that singing makes you feel good so you've got people sitting on either side of you that might just put a hand on your knee or, you know, something like that and say, well, not now, of course, because COVID, but they'll just sort of let you know, look, it's okay. If you want to talk, that's great. But if you don't, that's great too. We get it. And we just keep, we just keep singing. It does seem to be that partners and spouses have like a certain turning point where they feel like they need something more. And usually it is support of others that are in the same situation, but they haven't quite come around to that idea yet. Because sometimes when you're starting out as a new spouse, you're a bit scared to mingle with others that have been doing it longer and know more about it and have had it harder or whatever the case may be. But they're usually, like you mentioned in Malaysia, you had that turning point where you knew you needed that support or that connection. Yeah. So for others, they may be getting to that point where they need something a little more. Who do you find are the people that are coming and joining the choir? There's no typical choir member. And really sort of, I did not know just how wonderful this space would become. I really was very hesitant to take the risks involved in, because it's a big risk going into a group and singing. You really do put yourself out there by going into this space and singing. What if I sing a wrong note? What if nobody talks to me? And these are perceptions and stigmas that we battle. Oh, it's all just going to be an officer's wives club or it's all just going to be, you know, like all of that kind of stigma that can be attached and associated with, in inverted commas, military wives, you know, organisations. They're all very real barriers for people to come and join. But the very first one is I've got to go and open my mouth and make a noise with somebody hearing me. Now, we never make anybody audition or sing on their own unless they really want to. And we do have people who really want to because we have members of the choir that are trained opera singers and, you know, very highly qualified musicians and music teachers. And But we also have the majority of our members will say something like, look, you know, I loved singing in the primary school choir, but I haven't sung since then. But gee, I loved it. And I'd love to come and sing, but I'm not very good. And we just say, no, no, you just come. Just come and sing. It's about how you feel when you sing. There is no typical member. It's just female voices that are connected to a currently serving member so that you kind of get what it means to have that element of 
separation and the moving and isolation that goes along with that and so just a female voice that has that significant connection who can come and and sing for their heart. How did you get to a point where you went from having the choir in Canberra to going and having choirs all around the country? It's one that just makes me shake my head even today I still shake my head and go and my husband has said to me you've got to stop shaking your head cat and you just gotta you know just realize what a wonderful thing this is and so what happened I guess was one of the things that helped us create that safe space and that created a miraculous response really was we set down kind of unspoken rules things like we only use our first names we don't talk about our connections that's how safe that space is so of course some people might know and in some locations it's a lot harder but we don't talk about our connection because when we go into that rehearsal space it's all about us it's about what we contribute and what we have in common we don't even talk about what service we're connected to you know if we're doing our job right I won't know if a person is connected to army or navy or air force we truly do try and provide a tri-service space so that was the first thing we started in the September of 2012 and we sang Christmas carols we had 12 members by the end of that year and then we had a break when we came back In 2013, we had 35 women show up at the first rehearsal in Canberra. And it was about that time when in our discussions and Sarah and I were still getting together with other volunteers, you know, we had by then other volunteers, people who really felt this was a wonderful thing that was happening because that's how it felt. It just was happening. It was Sarah who said, what do you think it would be like if you could post anywhere and you had a choir that you could go to in that new location? Nine out of ten defence spouses wish they found out about Defence Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. And so we applied for funding, which we didn't expect to get, but we did. And we then went, oh, we've got funding. <laughs> now we have to do it. <laughs> now, now we have to do it. It's a bit like COVID for years, since very early days, we've been trying to work out how can we include people in really isolated situations where there's not a physical choir, or nor is it possible. And that's the, the silver lining for us to have come out of the COVID-19 isolation is it's forced us to be able to find out how we would go about that. But and that's where it began. And we gradually ex- expanded into Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide. And then, then each year we add a few choirs and yeah, we have 12 locations now, but it's all based on volunteers. So initially I remember a discussion we had where I said, you know, this is going to take 10 years. It's going to take people posting away from other choirs into locations who either have the skills or decide that they want to develop the skills to lead people and get them singing and bit by bit that's how we're going to build this to where that vision is becoming a reality you can post into 12 locations now and have a a choir that well hopefully soon you'll be able to gather with and sing with but at the very least we now gather online from wherever you are whatever location you can join in on the online rehearsals that's amazing 
I mean, normal life is still going on in the background. Um, yeah. What was your husband doing? Or are you too busy with your national choirs that you're like, whatever, when are you going to be home? Whatever's happening with you. <laughs> and then also the four kids that you've got. So how um, was that all working with all of what was going on with the choirs? I suppose I view that as if it wasn't for being connected to defence through my husband's employment, and I actually see that as a as a commitment for the family. I don't think you can be employed in the ADF and your family just feel like they're a completely separate entity. So there's there's a, a wonderful collaboration that goes on there that if it wasn't for my husband's employment, I would never have had this opportunity in the first place. And so throughout that time, so we started end of 2012, he was deployed for all of 2014. And then his position following that had him away, averaging about 30 weeks of the year for the next three years. And so he was uh, in and out. I still had two children at home throughout this time and acknowledged that because it was that sort of season of my life is the reason why I was able to devote so much volunteer effort. And really, it just, like I said, it just has a life of its own. But it wasn't just me. So my husband and my children have given so much and have been so encouraging in this process. There were times when I would doubt that I had the ability to move forward with this when it just started growing like it did. And, you know, but then also there have been so many volunteers that have committed their lives, some of them over a period of five years, some of them have moved from one role to the next over the the period since the choir started. They are what has made this possible. And I guess the more important question is, is how does your husband feel when you go to the various events and you probably know more people than he does? Because (laughs) I know that people come up to my husband and ask him about my podcast <laughs> and yeah. when he's at work because their partners have said if you see him can you talk to him about the you know military wife life or whatever right yeah and yeah. he I mean he loves it like he loves the fact that you know on my side I'm helping spouses and he's doing his thing in defense and that we're both happy on the paths that we are but how does your husband feel when you go to an event and you probably are off talking to various people and he's like oh okay <laughs> Actually, I think because he's a he's quieter sort of person who's not as much a chatterbox as I am, for example, he's quite happy to just sit back and watch. And he has been very important, but and a quiet observer and he just really enjoys seeing that happen. I think he's always been a person who can celebrate other people's successes. And I'm really grateful. See, I'm gonna get off. I'm actually talking about that now. I'm really grateful that I've had the support of somebody like that. And at the same time, I guess he's he's equally as grateful for somebody who is prepared to raise your children, your four children, largely on your own and is prepared to move whenever the whim of the government, you know, demands. And so it's, I suppose it's a reciprocal relationship there and it makes him smile I think he's just happy he doesn't have to do any of the talking (laughs) (laughs) so nice yeah (laughs) giving me goosebumps (laughs) during that whole process as well and you've created the space where rank doesn't come into it your connection to defense doesn't come into it and so therefore, you know, your, your achievements with the choir have been able to stand alone as it should. You've put the work in and, and the time and the effort and created that space for people. But just the fact that you've been able to, like you mentioned, be celebrated for what all that you've achieved and not have your husband's 
defence career, his position or whatever he's doing in the space of defence come into or factor into it is just amazing. It's, just, it's awesome to see that that is happening and that you've created that space where it's got nothing to do with him really, but all to do with him because it, you know, his defence career brought you the opportunity, but it's not been tied to him at all. Do you know, Beck? when I read that question, I was really taken aback. I had never considered that before. And as I thought about how do, how do I feel about that and how do I respond to it, I had a conversation with my daughter just two days ago because we're at the point in our career that we're having to look at, well, what does retirement mean for us? And my daughter said to me, you know, mum, you've followed dad all of this time. If dad wants to get out, but you don't, you shouldn't have to. And I thought, wow. She said, you know, because I, I, I wasn't sure what she was going to say. I actually thought she was going to say the opposite. And so that kind of, that thought and that thought, you know, process took me into your question. And I went, oh my goodness, that it, it's true. That is true. And I don't know that it was an intentional thing, that that's the way it developed. But gee, it felt good to read those words that you had written and um, and to realise that, yes, that was a truth and that this work is, you know, separate from his career. And so thank you. I really appreciated the thought process that it took me on. I probably should mention that we have three of our children are currently serving members and a, and a, and a, um, a brother-in-law and a daughter-in-law that are serving members in the ADF. So you'll never be out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll always be connected. <laughs> and, and how does it even go getting people together for Christmas or anything like that oh, like everyone's everywhere yes they are and and that's the same too well you're going to retire where do you live well it doesn't matter does it because you're never <laughs> going to say well I'll live near the kids and the grandkids you know so yeah we manage so I guess if people know about the choir and have been thinking about maybe that's something that they want to do how do they go about getting involved and what have been the changes because of COVID like how do they get involved we are really hoping to be able to rehearse in the same space um, as soon as possible, but we're not going to put anybody at risk. And singing is a super spreading activity. So we were really fortunate to have very good advice amongst our current committee and beyond that. And we moved quickly to move to online rehearsals and we started just rehearsing nationally which is kind of wonderful so at the moment we have about 150 members across the country and so at the moment you join online that's how we join anyway and then you can be connected to a choir that's in your location and you get together and rehearse with them now in some areas the isolation restrictions are not as tight as in others and so we're just managing each of those areas in their own circumstances at the moment. But you connect with those women, you can join in the online rehearsal. We have national rehearsals. At first, we had national rehearsals a lot until we could help each location in members. They had to learn how to run a rehearsal online. It's not really an easy thing to do, to be honest. It's quite a demanding thing to get your head around. And so that's at the moment, how you join. So just contact us through Facebook. Our webpage is amwchoir.com and there's information there that you can contact us and we'll connect you with your local choir, help you to join and you can join in with one of our Zoom room rehearsals. And like you mentioned, it's for everyone. It's for don't think that they can sing. It's for people that can sing. It's for anyone. That's right. We're really inclusive. You will not be asked to sing, to rehearse. You're not expected to have any experience. We'll help you to learn all of those things along the way. So, yeah, we cater to all levels of music experience and welcome everyone. So I guess let's break down the barriers for people who might think the choir sounds like a little stuffy or something that 
wouldn't be for them? Like what kind of fun and, and what type of music do you sing? That's the best question to ask really. And I suppose laughing too, laughing is really good for your singing stuff. So we try and have a lot of fun. We do a lot of laughing and we've got more sort of classic choral style pieces, but we also sing show tunes and Billy Joel and Taylor Swift, Bruno Mars, the Beatles. So we have a big mix of music and have a lot of fun. And I guess lastly, I always like to say, or I always like to keep in my mind when I'm doing whatever I'm doing for spouses and and whatever, you know, work I'm doing at midnight or whatever it is that you, you know, because it's a big (laughs) commitment to, you know, push something as big as the choir or podcast forward for the community. Um, I always like to think of the phrase, be the person that you needed, because there might be choir members that come and they make that one friend and that's the person that they needed during that posting or they move to another area and they reconnect with someone from a choir that they've been part of and that's the person that they needed you know at that time and then you know those people then go on to be the people that other people needed and so there's this big network of people around the country that are all connected and I'm getting teary because you know what it's like when you know you are just feeling your way through and you sometimes you can feel really lost so I guess my question is like when you step back and think about what you've actually created and achieved with the choir, like how does that make you feel? Oh, wow. That is that is just brilliant. Be the person that you needed. Do you know what, Beck, when I thought about some of my answers here, I, I didn't quite know how to, I didn't know how to put it into words. And to be perfectly honest, a lot of the work that I've been prepared to do in this is because I felt that others needed it. and. For me, that is that makes me needed as well. And so a lot of the way the choir has moved forward is through women who felt exactly what you've said. In fact, I had a woman who uh, we were last posted to Darwin and she joined the choir in Darwin. When they were posted out, she said to me, I'm going to Shoalhaven and there's no choir there, but I want to start a choir there. What do I need to do? And I asked her, the first question I said, well, why would you want to do that? <laughs> And she looked at me like I said, tell me why you would want to do that. Because it's such a, it's a huge commitment. She said, well, because before Darwin, I came from a posting where I didn't feel welcome, where I felt ostracized from the group that were there because I didn't fit the same mold they did. And she said, I don't want anyone ever to feel that way whenever I can help it. And she said, this choir saved me when I moved here and I want to give that back. And that sums it up beautifully. She was prepared to be the person that somebody else needed. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing in the community for all of us, for anyone who joins the choir and for anyone who's thinking of joining the choir and and is going to be a future member of the choir, hopefully, and for coming on to the podcast and talking about your experience with Defence Life and starting the choir and, and continuing all of that work that you're doing. It's a real privilege, Beck, from beginning to end. And I say that right from my heart I meet and sing with the most brilliant women all over the country it's a real privilege I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode there are definite ups and downs to military life but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together we are all just doing our best so until next week you got this let's do this together one day at a time Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, 
I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 